0: Welcome to the Write Something Worthy podcast, where we teach emerging authors how to ditch the fear, confusion, and overwhelm of writing a bestseller-worthy non-fiction book. Today's episode is sponsored by Bebop, the book outlining e-course at outlineyourbooks.com. If you've ever stared at a blank page wondering what to write, or you keep editing the same piece you wrote yesterday because you don't know where to go from here, you might need a bit of Bebop. This seven-step e-course is designed to help you determine exactly who your ideal reader is and what they want from your book, so you can write exactly what they need with ease. Bebop will help you to gain clarity, set goals, visualise your success and confidently create your content. Enroll in the Bebop e-course today at outlineyourbooks.com. And now, your host, Tanya Brockett.
1: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Write Something Worthy podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Brockett, and today I want to talk to you about the lies you tell yourself about becoming an author. Lie number one, I don't have time to write a book. Have these words ever escaped your lips? The truth is that writing a book is time-consuming, but you can get it done. All of us have the same amount of time, yet some authors can crank out book after book, and others never get around to it because they don't create the time. I believe it was Toni Morrison who encouraged writers to write at the edges of the day and one approach for doing this is to record audio snippets of your book using a recording app on your phone. Whenever you find an edge, you can just pick up your phone and record your thoughts and ideas. This is ideal, of course, after you've thoroughly outlined your book, and you can use the bebop course, for example, to get that done, but you want to be able to look at the outline and record your thoughts on each chapter and subheading whenever you can catch the time. So that way, you know, you might find an edge on your commute uh, heading to work because you're taking the train or something. Or you might find an edge at night after dinner, for example. So after you've gathered enough of those recordings where you found an edge, Let's say you've got like 30 minutes of different little recording snippets. You can then submit your audios for transcription and then go from there. Another way to get your book written is to set a goal of a certain number of words or pages that you want to complete each day or week and commit to that goal. When I uh, met John Grisham years ago, he's a legal thriller fiction writer. I asked him how he cranked out book after book, year after year. And he told me that he sat down to the to, he sat down to write at the same table with the same cup of coffee at the same time each day. Whether that writing, of course, ended up in the book or not wasn't relevant. He sat down to do the writing. So perhaps you can give that a shot. If you get up 30 minutes earlier each day and immediately set to writing, you could knock out several hundred words per day. So let's say that you write one page. One page per day will yield one very large book in a year's time. That's 365 pages. So, or maybe it's two average books or four tiny books, which are very popular right now. So, your entire book doesn't need to be written in a weekend. And frankly, I would prefer not be. So, recognize that one page at a time will build up to a full manuscript over time. Another way to bust the lie and find time to write your book is to hire a ghostwriter. Now, this is probably the easiest but also the most expensive way to complete a book. A ghostwriter reduces your time commitment by distilling your input into several hours of phone conversations spread over several months. Conversations. No typing or struggling with what to say or how to say it. Just conversations. After those conversations, your ghostwriter will spend the time laboring over your words for you. (laughs) They'll use your voice, your words, and write your message. Easy peasy for you. You can still be making money or spending time with family or vacationing or fulfilling a hobby, all while your book gets written. You can't beat that for making a good use of your time. So my tips for busting this lie of not having time to write include, one, be clear on what you want to write, for whom, and what do you want to gain from that experience. If you're unsure, That bebop course is an excellent way to gain clarity in an easy seven-step process. Tip two is to outline your book to make it easier to write or speak into existence when time avails itself. Tip three is to create a goal and a schedule for writing or capturing your words on a regular basis. So snatch 30 minutes in the morning or evening, record on your commute, during your lunch break, or when you're driving to the grocery store. Every little snippet of time at the edges of your day can create a few words that you can then put together with the other words later. And using your outline, you can note where you left off and just start talking or writing from there. Tip four, if you know that your capacity or your capability is limited. Meet with a few ghost writers for help. I'm happy to give you a free 30-minute strategy session to see if we're a good fit. Now, I don't take every project, but I can refer you to other ghosts as well. So reach out for me for a conversation. You can go to my Connect page at tanyaloves.me forward slash connect. Tanya is spelled with two A's, T-A-N-Y-A. Of course, the links to anything I mentioned throughout the show will also be included in our show notes at writesomethingworthy.com. Line number two, I am not a good writer. The truth is, that's what editors are for. If you have a good book idea or a great story to tell, don't let your writing skills get in the way. Every good book ever published has had a great editor behind it to make it that way. You focus on creating great content as best you can, and then hire a professional editor to help polish your prose. There are a few tips for self-editing that you can use to work on your own manuscript before you send it to the editor, and those you know, include the simple things like running a spell check. But don't rely on that. Please don't think that spell check alone is enough to go to print. There are always what I call accurate typos in a manuscript. Those are often words that are spelled correctly, but used in the incorrect context, like using form, F-O-R-M, instead of from, F-R-O-M. Typos like that happen all the time. We transpose letters, or using there versus there versus there. <laughs> all three of those are spelled different ways, and they're spelled correctly in your manuscript. Spell check may not pick that up for you. Another example is exits instead of exist. Again, transpose letters. Correct spelling, but may not be picked up. So those types of errors need eyeballs to find, and you want to you want to do the best you can yourself, but don't worry about being perfect because that's what your editor is for. Although, I have to say, self-editing before submission will likely reduce your overall cost of your edit because you're catching some of those things that your editor won't have to fix. But knowing that you have an editor to back you up should relieve your stress here. You can find in the show notes, by the way, I put a, uh, a five-tip self-editing, self-editing handout there for you just so that you have something to reference. Okay, if you struggle with getting words from your brain to your pen or to your keyboard, consider first that audio tip from line number one and record your story or your book on an audio device. Next, you can then have that transcribed uh, through a service like Rev or Scribby. Again, look to the show notes for links there. And clean the text up as best you can. And then, again, have your professional editor polish it up and make it shine. Your editor might even provide you with a style sheet for your manuscript to help you improve your writing for your next book. You can then refer to that style sheet, book after book after book, and as you learn to improve your writing over time, you'll be presenting to your editor an even better manuscript at each new book that you write. I love it when my clients start catching their own errors before submitting their manuscripts to me. I want them to learn to be better writers with each book that they write. Now, my tips for turning line number two about not being a good writer on its head. Number one, no matter how well you write, plan to hire a professional editor. Your mother's cousin's aunt, who used to be a sixth grade English teacher, is not sufficient. Your writing group is not sufficient. You need a professional book editor in your genre to find one. You can look to my team at halogeninc.com. You can ask your author friends who have published quality books for their referrals. Or you can visit uh, websites like uh, Reedsy that has pools of quality editors, just like me, to choose from. Number two, write your book anyway. And then apply the self-editing tip before submitting it to an editor. Those five tips handouts that I left in the show notes for you will also add value to you here. Tip three, record and transcribe your book and clean it up before sending it to your professional editor. In case you didn't catch the hint, every writer needs a great editor. Don't worry about how well you write. Line number three, I don't know where to start. This may actually be true right now, but it doesn't have to stay that way. It need not stop you from becoming an author. Once you make a decision that you're going to write and publish a book, the universe will rise up to meet you. This podcast has given you a few tips on how to start, so you can't use that lie or excuse after you finish this. And the more you seek resources, the more you the student gets ready, and the more the teachers will come. To get an overview of the book writing and publishing process, you can read a short book called The New Writer Workbook that I wrote and have provided for free for you at the Connect link that I gave you earlier, tanyaloves.me forward slash connect. This book provides an overview of the whole you know, seven-step process for going from thought to finish with a book. So you'll be able to see the whole path. Another way to learn where to start is to seek out those with experience, like a book coach. Someone with a wealth of knowledge and experience can shorten your learning curve considerably. I've heard multiple times from many different clients something like, Tanya, I have learned more from you in one hour than I did in 10 hours with fill in the blank. I love working with new authors. Many book coaches do. When working with new authors, I have a chance to provide tools and resource lists to help them to stay on track with their journeys. I get to help them to clear, to get clear on their publishing goal and vision for their book so that I can illuminate the right path. And, you know, I had the pleasure of being there to help them along the way. It's such a thrill to see their excitement when their first proof copy comes of their book. To hold that book in your hands for the first time is so exciting. I get great joy from seeing that happen. Where you start on your book publishing journey depends on where you are, where you're going, and why. There are multiple roads that will lead to the destination of a published book. So having expert guidance is a great way to make sure that you get where you want to go. And much like every great athlete has a coach, great authors deserve to have one as well. You never have to make this trek alone. So my tips for busting the lie of not knowing where to start are one, spend time thinking about why you want to write a book. And write those thoughts down. Do you have an important message that will change the lives of readers? Do you have a story to share from your own life that will provide a solution for others going through similar experiences? Do you want to help your speaking career and consulting career by writing a book for credibility? Have you always dreamed of being on the New York Times bestseller list? Each of these questions and the answers there too can lead you down multiple paths that a coach can help you to discern. Number two, decide when you want your book in readers' hands. This will help determine whether you publish independently or traditionally and dictate which trailhead to begin on. Number three, get your head in the game. In the book publishing courses I've taught over the years, I've learned some of the top reasons new authors fear getting started. If you don't believe that you can successfully write a book and publish that book, you will find a way to sabotage yourself and keep it from happening. Get in your mindset right, or rather, Getting in the successful author frame of mind will help you significantly. And one way that we keep your heads in the right space in this podcast, the Write Something Worthy podcast, is through the abundant author affirmations that we have at the end of each solo episode. So tune into those and take on the mindset of a bestseller. Number four, evaluate your level of commitment to writing and publishing a book. It may not be a cakewalk, so you need to have determination and persistence to see it through. If you're not committed to the project, it won't get done. You have to make a firm commitment to your book in order to give it the effort, the resources, and the time to completing it. So go back to your why from tip number one to see if it's strong enough to see you through. Okay, line number four. I don't know what to write about. So many of us dismiss the importance of life's experiences that we've had or the success that we've had in our business or careers. We don't see how these experiences could possibly be interesting to somebody else, let alone add value to their lives. But the truth is, each of us has something to share that can be of value to others. If you're a single mom who raised four children on your own, you have a story of independence and endurance to share. If you have worked through personal issues, that was a, a great challenge for you, like the death of a loved one or escaping mental or physical abuse or a journey through cancer, you know that there are many others out there just like you. Maybe the way that you overcame that challenge could help someone else do the same. Remember the first episode in this podcast and the quote, don't hog your journey, it's not just for you? that applies perfectly here. You may have also been in a conversation with friends or coworkers and somebody told you, this happens to a lot of people, somebody told you, you should write a book about that. Or that would be a great subject for a book. Yeah, you probably heard that. And you guessed it right. You should probably write a book about that. So if they find it interesting, how many others might enjoy it as well? As an entrepreneur, there are also many other reasons to share a message that will guide you to the right topic. If you're, a, for example, a talent development professional and you've got a real keen understanding of emotional intelligence and how it impacts the careers of young leaders in your company, and you know, that that could really be a great topic to talk about. Think about how many people whose careers could be impacted by that and how their growth and development could lead to better salaries and better lifestyles for their families and so on. Do you see that what you consider to be a mundane life experience can help others? You may feel that everybody already knows about X or Y or Z, so why should I write a book about it? But you might be just the right person to share that information with others. You know, that reminds me of when I was a business consultant before I started Halogen Inc. And I wrote a training program to go with my book that I told you about in the first episode called The Loan Solution. Now, finance can be a pretty boring topic, as you might assume, and you might think that nobody wants to hear about it, but this class was full. So, hint, there was interest there, and the class was engaged. They were engaged in their learning. So, after talking about finance for about three hours, I had a participant come up to me with tears in her eyes. Now, mind you, this was not a personal development class, okay? It was finance. So I'm used to tears and chills and private coaching sessions, but not in a finance class. So anyway, she came up to me and she said, all this time when people would talk to me about finances for my business, my eyes would glaze over and I would just totally tune out but now I understand it for the first time. It's like I finally see the light. And she gave me a hug. Over finance. So for her, it wasn't that she didn't know about the information before. It was just the delivery of it never resonated with her before. Your book can do the same for someone else. There may be 50 finance books on the shelf, but no one can present it exactly like you. Your book will be unique because it is the one you wrote. Here are a few tips to consider when deciding what to write about. Tip one, what made you think about writing the book in the first place? Explore that. Now think, if you wrote a book on that idea, what would you want the reader to feel or to know or to understand after reading that book? What would that book have to include for them to feel that way? Play with that for a bit and see what ideas bubble up. Tip two, think about the subject you already enjoy and that you talk about with your friends or colleagues. What lights your fire or floats your boat? Hey, if you can think of other cliches to put here, put them in the comments for me. (laughs) Anyway, whatever it is that brings you joy when you read about it, write about it, talk about it, others may feel the same way. Do you find other people talking about it too? Write those ideas down. Maybe you can explore that as a topic in your next book. Number three, what are you experienced in? Or what do you have specific knowledge about that others could learn from? You know, perhaps you once struggled using social media to market books and now you cracked the code that you could share with other people. or. You have a reliable process for helping leaders to apply emotional intelligence principles, but hear people complaining about their managers all the time. Could you help them through that with your expertise? What is that area of know-how for you? Write those down. What needs does the world have? This is tip number four. What needs does the world have that you could fulfill or what gaps exist in your industry that you could patch up? Could your passion and expertise fill that need? It is so awesome when what you're good at and what you love to do fill a need in the world. Could you write something that fills that void? So there you have it. Just four of the lies that you tell yourself about becoming an author and what you can do to face the truth. There are more, I'm sure, but these are, these are ones that I see quite often. And throughout the course of this podcast, we'll no doubt address others, but Think about these right now and see if they have come up for you as to why your book is not done now and see if you can turn them around by employing some of the tips here. Many of our guests, you know, through the podcast will help you to bust some of these lies and some of the myths that sparked them in the first place in our Worthy Writer episodes that we have coming up. And speaking of which, our first Worthy Writer episode is coming up next week, so be sure to tune in. Now before we go, let's receive our abundant author affirmation for the week. It's based on the premise that whenever we have a desire within us, everything we need for its fulfillment is also there. We just have to receive it. I have all the resources I need to write something worthy of me. I have all the resources I need to write something worthy of me. with that, we are complete. Thank you for listening today. I hope you're ready to speak truth to your excuses and embark on your next book writing journey. If you've gained something from the show today, be sure to comment, subscribe, and join the Worthy Tribe.
0: You've been listening to the Write Something Worthy podcast with Tonya Brockett, if you would like to know more about today's topic, find show notes, relevant links and more at writesomethingworthy.com. Have a question or something to add to the conversation? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at Please take a moment to leave an honest review on your favourite podcast platform. These reviews help us to improve our show and help us to spread the word. If you know anyone who would enjoy these episodes, please share it with them. Have a wonderful week and we hope you join us next Wednesday for another fabulous episode.